Around the NFL Podcast is a thirsty ally. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Joined by some heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Boys, week 14. Here we go. We flying now. It's it's entering into that middle of December, and I know there's an extra week this year, so season's not actually over till January 9th, the regular season. Isn't that kind of crazy? That's yeah, just the way it football is. Football is family. Football is family. Football was family. And then they added another week to the season. They don't use that anymore. They were like, we had to give up something. They have killed that. It was family. Or am I no, just they not went, tracking they went with those family ads? at the beginning of the season? But yeah, the 18th week is actually just like a neighbor. That was a- <laughs> you, just re- re- you invite them over, invite, invite her over, but yeah, not family. Remember when they announced the extra game added and they said, this season's going to be the biggest season ever. Oh, wait, ever. that is it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, what came in second is football was family. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they were like, what should we go? Let's, let's skew positive. The first ad campaign just creates anxiety in me. I don't need everything with the NFL to always mm. be bigger, uh, more balloon-like. You're like, in the wrong company. My, my, my football family, it, I mean, at this point, what I am trying to insist that during, like, my kids' TV time that Walker stop re-watching the 2012 NFL season, and yet that's just what he's doing. He was. I'm just like, oh, you just enjoyed that Bears Bengals Week Two game from. Yes, but Greg, you What's directly you? you directly created that no. issue in your house. It's just up to him. Uh, today's Thursday. Tuesday night was the holiday party. Um, that was a fun time. I came up with like a best of the holiday party before we get into all the game oh, week. Wow. Uh, 14 games. We're going to obviously go through each game, break it down. Uh, but a good time was had. The holiday party was held at SoFi Stadium, which was interesting. I've never been to a holiday party where I needed to go through a metal detector uh, to enter the premises. But, you know, it is what it is. All right, here it is. The best of. Uh, it's kind of a countdown. Um, let's start with Erica. Number seven, Erica Tamposi. She had a little side hustle going on uh, at the open bar. Okay. she Erica... Because we all got two drink tickets. Erica, at a certain point, ran out of her drink tickets. You might be surprised to learn this very quickly. It's stunning. Uh, and Ricky, what'd you do there? I really like this. This was yeah. I mean, you're you're putting it all on me. I think there was a, some other people were involved as well. Only you. The shadowy league figures that are <laughs> listening. Um, you know, I think two drink tickets, but then you couldn't pay cash. They the bar was it. So not only do you, I mean, very nice party, but only only two drinks. Right. And then you can't buy the drinks. In no, the bar. they were trying to shut it down. Right. So I I went up and I said, hey hey Daisy, looked at her name Daisy. tag. Daisy. I go, hey Daisy. You got Venmo. <laughs> She's Venmoing the woman to give her a little side juice. And at one point, a $20 bill slipped between two drink tickets. I was asked to handle that business. It was corrupt, is what I'm saying, but I have no it's regrets. It's called tipping. I mean, that makes that makes all the sense in the world. It's smart thinking. All right. Smart How about this? Speaking of drink tickets, uh, number six, Greg Rosenthal's drink ticket debacle. Listen to this, Sessler. I just learned about this yesterday. Lay it on me. So you get two drink tickets per person. It's a plus one event. Greg brings his wonderful wife, Emika. Emika is not a drinker or wasn't a drinker on Tuesday night. Greg declines her drink tickets. That's not true. That is what I heard from Asors. No. Uh, when you could have easily handed out those two drink tickets, you decline them. No, no one. Counterpoint, No Greg. one declined. We didn't even realize until she walked in. So they never offered it to her because she would have taken them. 
and they didn't offer it to me. We were we were s- separated in the line, but we didn't mm. have them. I promise you. That is so just weird. You know Why? what I mean? Hmm. Does that make sense? He's You'd like, almost oh. want like the video, like the bank robbery video to go back the and look at the scene and just see what actually we happened. We definitely there. would never have declined it because okay. I, I, like, I only used one of my two drink tickets. And I immediately gave it away to someone. So you're happy to give away. You could have given tickets. away three, though. You could have been like, right. hey, do you have your drink tickets? I'll give them away. It's like it reminds me of the manscaping incident where Ricky brought in the manscaper and then Greg casually mentioned he has them piling up in his house and has never shared any of his manscaping equipment from the RJVP. That's, and we're, we're, that's, we're enthusiastic about the product. So I mean, not, I'm glad you, you, I would not have thought it was be interested. Uh, if we had the option, there's no way we would have turned anything down. Uh, how about this? Um, Jet, your girlfriend, Ricky, she got a kick out of me. Uh, I had a couple pops, you know. Uh, as I was leaving the party, screaming at the top of my lungs, the fugitive line, I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> definitely something you do yeah. around. Well, uh, to the point you where your with. wife, Emily, kept having a turn around being like, I'm alive. I yeah. am well. But I didn't remember this. But I wake up in the morning and Jet is going, do you remember Dan? And then she was trying to do your deep voice, mm. screaming it. Very funny. It's also it, it's kind of um, a take on a theme of Dan's, I feel like, when we go out, which it just often in, involves yeah, murdered, murder. I would just say murder. Uh, you are correct, Greg. Uh, number four, Mark's annual Irish goodbye. You got to enjoy that. Mark, you could count on Mark to disappear at uh, this event, and uh, everybody looks around. Mark's been gone for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, whole, I think in the past I've stayed till the end at times. Um, that was not the, the – I don't know what happened to me at this party. I got – we had a great time at Dan's house, got to the place – um, I left with one drink ticket in my in my jacket Ooh, pocket, see, that's which is unusual worse. for me. I, I mean, I used mine or gave mine away. What's up with this? Then What's I was going to try to give it to someone. Luck. It was like, just get me out of here. And so I I went home. You didn't see one person when you were exiting that were like they were like, hey, Mark. I did. There was a, well, no, when I I didn't realize till the produce the ticket and you're a hero. There was a large man with a bald head. I felt like it would be a weird thing for me to go to approach him. Hey, it, listen, but, I'm not looking to cause trouble with you, Mark, but that's worse than what Greg did. You knowingly walked out with a ticket. I will own it. I will own it as a as a terrible maneuver on my part uh all right uh how about this this was after the after the party there was an after party at the cozy throwback um and uh it was a smaller gathering i wasn't there but colleen and lakeisha were at devil's perch uh mark our our famous spot we sat many a night with chris at devil's perch at the cozy in culver city and uh they put together a a video and can we play some of that ricky (laughs) That was an earnest shout out to Santa Claus. I think she still (laughs) believes um, fully in the in that individual. That was like listening to that. It's it's pretty rare to catch like the moment that the gummy hits. (laughs) Allegedly. I wasn't there, by the way, because I had to get up early to do the Pat McAfee show. Okay. I like that. Check you, that out. Let's Number get one, the right. and then... cave, and let's start ranking these motherfuckers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he signed a pretty big deal. Did you see that in the news? He did. He did. Huh. That's interesting. While others did not, I, I'm very happy for him. Uh, yeah. Well, it's something you know. It's something to keep an eye on the business aspect of what we do. Um, all right. Uh, let's. Well, see. how was that? By the way, was that a was that fun to do? 
that was great. McAfee and the and his guys there. It's a very chill, laid back atmosphere, and we had a fun talk. He he asked, but no one had ever asked like the process of the power rankings. Mm. So I kind of explained how we did it. I mentioned our show. I mentioned that we get together and watch the end of Sunday Night Football together, and that's when I start formulating it. And it's a who did you say our process. names? Did you say our names? I don't know if Greg and Mark came up, but the Around the NFL podcast did, does that count? That works. Uh, I don't think it works, but I appreciate. It probably would have been too niche to get into that. I understand where okay. you were coming um, from. Number two, and I feel like this should be number one, but they let everybody on the field, and uh, I kicked a 25-yard field goal. That was <laughs> impressive. There's video evidence. You told me that, and um, I, I have no like smart-ass comment for it. I'm just like, good job. It Dan. wasn't gorgeous. I wouldn't have been able to do it. Kicker's yeah. club for you. It hit the net, though. It, it didn't sneak over. The, it hit the bottom of the net, so it got over. Right. If there were... Sick. If Calais Campbell was in front of you, he trouble. might have been able to block it. <laughs> Major but it did get over, and he made it. You're one for one from 25, which is better than the Jets Ugh. kicker last week. Extremely so impressive. It's yes. so true. Oh, my God, that Jets kicker. And the number one moment of the holiday party um, behind Ricky right now is the Gravedigger. And we love the Gravedigger because he's so hot right now. Like, Gravedigger's so hot right now. He's got so many things cooking. Steamy property. He's got such a bright future. Uh, I was told he was at the party again, a plus one uh, gravedigger on the on his arm. Very beautiful woman. Uh, I was told via a source. And now we're going to get the info that he had brought a married woman. Wait, I met her. That was not party. your. And it was person? not his wife. <laughs> now we throw it to Justin. Justin, on your arm. Yes. A beautiful married woman. <laughs> yes. So what's that about? Well, you know, we've been just hanging out a little bit. It's nothing, really. <laughs> uh, Go on. <laughs> it's like taking a while for her marriage to dissolve, or it's just open. Um. Yeah. You know. Things this are is amazing. Things are like fluid. Yeah, fluid. That's a great word for it. And do I we, hold I'm on. Just, Wait uh, a minute. Hold. She's not gonna listen. Do you do you know who she's married to, or is it? No. Yes. Interesting. You might want to no comment this. Yeah, he I might... mean, you're you're the way that you handled this is sort of part of the. It's problematic the way you just handled this whole thing. No, I think, I, think I don't think so. I mean, he handled it great. with honesty and. I love it. I just think it answers no questions for anyone that knows him. That is sort of intentional. Yes. Okay. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Grave digger. It's very juicy. He's a hot property. Hit his new playout music there again, Ricky. Oh, that was. <laughs> Did you meet, you met the woman? I did. She's very nice. Absolutely. But I, again, I'd like to see more surveillance I mean, footage of the whole what is party marriage? coming out of it. You know, what is it? In the 21st century? I would never do anything to violate a marriage. We're just hanging out. It's friends. Like, for now, just so, friends. For now. <laughs> very hazy. Wait, hazy's fine. I'm just saying you've left it in the... Hey, it's not my wife. <laughs> I think it's it's... A plus to you. It's a fluid situation. Yeah. Grave digger. I'll keep you updated. Grave digger. Please do. Dad has never been prouder of of anyone. That's a number one. That's a number one. All right. We're gonna we're gonna keep tabs on that situation. Going Uh, forward. um, That could be central to our show. I mean, as we head into the offseason. By the NFL Network insider Dan Handis. I didn't know (laughs) that story, so that was good. Um. All right. Let's get into the games now. Without further ado, like. 40% 40% of the audience just skipped 
the first 10 minutes of the program, and that's fine. We don't have an issue with that. Uh, but now we're going to talk football. Let's get into it. We'll start with the primetime games, then hit the draft. Um, you know what? Added re- no, I'm not giving Sunday Night Football the respect of being on the top of the show. As a punishment to our league and the suits for keeping the Chicago Bears at 4-8, and eight, without a pulse in primetime just because Aaron Rodgers is a COVID warrior, um, I'm not doing it. They're going to the bottom of the show. Let's move to Monday Night Football. Rams at Cardinals from State Farm Stadium. Now that's a football game. You want to start a show, you start it the right way. I go on Pat McAfee once, and now I talk like Pat McAfee. I'm gonna, <laughs> let's get my persona back. The old Zeus. You're Brian Kelly to some degree. Let's get into it. The Rams are 8-4. and four. The Rams... The Rams snapped a um, ugly losing streak, but it was against the Jaguars in a game, by the way. They didn't even play that well in the first half. Uh, it was a close game, and then they pulled away, took care of business. They got they got to 8-4, and four, and now if they harbor any intentions of winning the NFC West, and how crazy is it, Greggy, that on December 13th, I'm about to say this, if they have any chance to catch the Cardinals in the NFC West, they need to beat the 10-2 and two cards on the road. Mm. How do you feel about this one? I feel like if the Cardinals team that showed up all season shows up, they're probably winning. Like this is the the fork in the road game, as we sometimes like to say mm-hmm. on this show. The Rams at some point have crossroads. A Uncle bit of, Charles a little Ball. bit of a crossroads game. The Rams at some point, if they want to be the team that they say they want to be, like they have to show it, and they haven't. Not since week three, really, against that Bucks game. And if you think about the very next week, the Cardinals come in and and handle them that basically started this stretch for the Rams where they just don't look as complete and I think they have the pieces to do it like it's it's possible you see it there and yet when you watch the Cardinals week after week and now that Kyler Murray's back and moving well there's not like a lot of reason despite them only being a two and a half point favorite here to think like if each team just plays their average game that the Rams have a good chance I don't I think the Rams have to show us something they haven't I think it's a huge test for this Cardinals secondary which has been badass all year Byron Murphy getting after it. Jalen Thompson, these guys who we don't really know about, it's a big test for their defensive backs because I, I just think Sean McVay is going to try to attack that group in a way like they did in the first game. They threw the ball pretty well against the Cardinals the first time, but like that is the Cardinals area where you do wonder, could it buckle down the stretch? The Cardinals have been the most consistent team. They have one loss when Kyler Murray is the starter. That was a three-point loss to the Packers on Thursday night. They have been, to me, you could, it's if when their offense is not leading the way, it's been their defense. Last week, they absolutely took Chicago apart early, and they, they create turnovers. I don't love this game for Matthew Stafford, and it's not just what happened the first time. I just think that the Rams have been vulnerable. Matthew Stafford is getting hit every week. Arizona can create a pass rush. This is the most overlooked great team in sports right now, and I think it has to do with the fact that Arizona— All of sports. It, all of sports. What, where, do you, I don't, where do you stand in the Atlanta I, Thrashers I don't right now? track any of the other sports, and I'm confidently telling you that. Uh, I just, I, How about the Phoenix Suns? I mean, the, the two options right now play in the same city. I feel like the Suns get lots Marquette? of attention. I mean, they just won like 18 Over in the college straight, ball. Marquette, normally, is a, Marquette is a fair Normally you would get that sort of pop. right there. I am locking up the Cardinals oh, nice. on Monday night. Uh, there you go. Because I believe go, in this team that much. I just do. I think that they – like yeah, the version of Kyler Murray you got last week too – I know they haven't used them a lot on the ground. They did a week ago, 
and it was in bad conditions. We'll have to see if that you know goes on another week or two. But James Conner has fit in really well there. DeAndre Hopkins looked healthy to me last week. Why not? I love it, Mark. It's uh, and it's like you know I gave you some uh, grief and guff about locking up the Cowboys over the Saints last Thursday night. This is very predictable. Whenever that happens, it's Dan playing for the next week. He knows Mark will get bold the next. And week. then and then you came at me and you said, <laughs> "How dare you? You know, say that to me? You locked up." Um, against the Titans when they were all banged up. And then it's like, well, it's no it's no coincidence that we were doing that because in this strange-ass season, the really only way to figure out the locks game is find the team that's, like, crippled by injury and then, you mm. know, bang them. Everything else is a coin flip, as Greg's standings can uh, uh, attest. It's very hard to pick on, games on this on year. The, uh, on the locks, yeah, it's struggling. I do have some breaking news, though, Ooh. right here. Um the Atlanta Thrashers were a professional ice hockey team based in Atlanta. They were sold a decade ago and moved to Winnipeg, where they became the second incarnation of the Jets. So not underrated, not, not in existence for a decade. Well, what's the their record Thrashers. up there in Winnipeg? That doesn't count. They're not uh, the Thrashers anymore, um, but they're 12-9-4. Okay. Well, guess what? Marquette, they haven't played any conference games yet, but they're 8-2. 5-0 <laughs> and, two. Five and I, home. Well, I gave you the Marquette point. I'll, I'll, I don't know. The I world looked at is the standing, that. and I was like, "Where is Atlanta? Oh, they don't. They don't exist." Um, anyway, forget <laughs> about the locks. All right, good lock there, Mark. I um, and it is over. The NFC West is over if the Cardinals do their business at home here, because that would put them at eleven and two. The Rams would fall to eight and five. The Niners are five hundred. The Seahawks obviously are where they are. Uh, so this is such an important game uh, for the Cardinals, and it's a statement game because if you go and you beat up on the mighty Rams, the we're all in Rams, the this, the that, the NFL Network loves the Rams, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You are an absolute Super Bowl favorite, and I think we're all in, in agreement that this is this team is for real. And in reverse, the Rams would all the questions that kind of maybe went away as a focal point all week long about the Rams after beating up on a bad Jaguars team would come screaming back because this is a Rams. The Rams once again on an island game. This started when they were thumped by the Niners. I, I think with the Rams, they face a lot of the questions to me that the Bills faced in some way, which is that. Can you run the ball? They got that was a big takeaway. I know it was against the Jaguars, but they ran block really well last week. They maybe get Darrell Henderson back. If there's a weakness in in Arizona, they're a little softer against the run now. Saban Collins has been off and on. JJ Watts hurt. I think you got to beat them by running. I'd love to see the Rams run the ball. And the Cardinals, to me, are the most complete team in the NFL because they can close out games running the ball. Like they don't. That rain game, to me, was a little worrisome if you're a Cardinals fan in terms of bad weather, which makes this game and the rest of the regular season even more important. You could tell Kyler Murray, who came into the league, a little bit of that small hands rep, like Jared Goff, is he going to be good in bad weather? He could not grip the ball very well last week. I think that's why they only threw it 15 times. It's why he couldn't hold on to it a couple. Had a couple nice throws, too. But you know what? You don't have to worry about that. You're in a dome five straight weeks the rest of the regular season, and you are the number one seed right now. So go get that bye. Get the home games, and don't worry about it. The Super Bowl's in Los Angeles. Do you, by the way, Mark, do you think that when Greg makes a point, it actually feels stronger because he's wearing a tie and glasses right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, But Greg knows my... I, I think you look wonderful, Greg, but I don't believe in ties as a concept. But um, you wear you wear like a suit uh, I, jacket I, all the time. I, I, Even... I, suit jacket's cool. I mean, the tie <laughs> thing to me feels a little. It feels a little from like eighty D- years Dan ago. Dan said so. that to me too. Like, oh, he's well, like you got the tie on. He's they like, got you. He's like, they got you. Yeah. And, <laughs> 
I, I answered with how I feel. It's like, I don't mind a tie. I would be fine if we had to wear the same uniform every day. I want the decision right. taken out of my hands. Like, just tell, I wish we had a wardrobe department and endless money that just, they just suited right. us up. And I, so I do think you look on, sharp. I'm on not, NFL you know. now, they always wear ties. And the reason I put it on today is I was I was sitting. I, I saw a video of myself last week, and it it looked sloppier next to those guys who aren't oh. wearing it. And it's not like I look cool without it. I look dorky either way. So I, I thought you well. looked California casual before you okay. put the tie on. Okay. And then the glasses too. Well, yeah, I like wearing the glasses when there's no sun. It's raining today. Gotcha. It's a rare day. You, you used to have the glasses that would turn into sunglasses with creepy. the sun, and I think that was I, you were a little young I've to asked, be sporting. I asked uh, Emika to force some glasses, like maybe an array of them, and maybe get them into the mix more. I love wearing some glasses. By the way, at NFL Network, they outfit the women, but not the men. What if you started a like? But a, they probably a reverse like, like, like times Irvin. up movement they to try to get us suited and booted. I, I feel know, like it would go well. Make it very public. I think they don't outfit us. Some right. of these players are right. I was going like to say suits with top I, hats. I mean, they please. don't. They don't. Well, then they're but they someone they like if you're Michael Irvin. I want you to lead someone us, in Michael Irvin's the way life. On that, Dan. Someone in Michael Irvin's <laughs> life is telling him, "I think it's a good week for you to wear the pink suit and the top hat with the fur coat." Like he's not coming up with all that on his own. All right, let's move on <laughs> to the draft. I think he most certainly Actually, is. Actually, I kind of well, I, I think he is. He, he seems like I, a fashionable guy. No, I think, think what happens to everyone on these TV shows is clothing becomes the most one of the most important things in their life. I, it has not reached that point with me. We, we appear occasionally on, on the That's a very network. unfair thing for you to say because they, just because they have stylists and can afford it doesn't mean that becomes more important to them I, than – Right, or that you, know, you like it, yeah. Or it makes you it like somehow like you, more you know about ball. You're kind of getting into it, though. I, I You've can, got you can Hawaiian critique me all you want. To... It's just how I feel. I think clothing becomes a focal point for people that suddenly exist in a different world. All right. And with that said, let's I mean, take that a was break. Not, that, did not, that was not the jovial. I mean, that could have been more jovial, but – Let's take a break and then get to the draft, please. <laughs> that could have been more jovial. Right? All right, let's get into it, starting with the number one overall pick. The old Zeuser has the number one pick, Dan Zeus. And I will go because... <laughs> That's double third person. Well, nothing is surprising at this point. <laughs> nothing. Uh, you know, it is surprising, though. Uh, Mark went out of his way to tell me that he doesn't want to watch the Browns on Sunday. So I will go and take the Ravens at Browns with the first overall pick. I love this game. I love how messy and sloppy Hmm. and imperfect the AFC North is. No team really, to me, uh, profiles as a Super Bowl team. But that doesn't mean it's not fun to watch them roll around in the mud a little bit in December. And I think the Ravens coming off a very difficult uh, loss to the Steelers, where they gave up 17 points to a Big Ben team in 2021 in the fourth quarter, uh, get the big score at the end of the game. Greg, I did watch that two-point conversion repeatedly, and I think you really could make a case for both sides. I, I'm not willing to say that that you're right and it was not Lamar's fault at all, uh, but I'm also not going to say he blew it and missed a wide-open Mark Andrews either. He did get the space, but he had a drop down at three quarters. It was a tricky throw. And it was a, and there's been some argument that like Andrews flattened out the route and like slowed down a little more. When it comes down to like that minuscule of a thing, it's a little of both. He was it, open. It wasn't a pr- good, great play by anyone. Right. Almost except for the Steelers, catch. except for TJ Watt. Right. So anyway, so the Ravens now, they go to Cleveland to face the Browns. And this feels like, and I know it's wide open the AFC, and even if the Browns lost this game, blah, 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 they could get back into things. But I think the Browns are cooked if they lose to the Ravens in this game. 
I think they are a team that's hanging on by a thread. This idea they went into the season as a, a, a Super Bowl contender in the eyes of many, and it's been such a, a difficult season. There have been ups, there have been downs, but I feel like the Ravens come to your building and whip your butt and drop you to six and seven, and they go to nine and four, the walls come in on Cleveland. So maybe that motivates the mark. Maybe that they know that. Maybe their backs are against the wall and they deliver a big performance, which they are capable of. Um, but I think those are the stakes here. One of their traits under Kevin Stefanski has been bouncing back from darkness, from bad losses. They've done a pretty good job of that, especially last season. Um, but I agree with your point so much, Dan, that this is what I wrote in my notes. If the Browns lose this, it's not unfair to call this season a total disaster. I don't care about the mathematical contingencies of them sneaking into some wild card spot. They've been outshined by every team in the outshined. AFC North. And if we told you, if I said back in April this is the situation they'd be in, 6-6, six and six, um, with the potential to have lost the Steelers and been swept by the Ravens, that is as ugly as a prediction as there would have been about the Browns back then. Well, especially considering what Baltimore's had to go through to get here injury-wise and what they're facing now. There's this feeling in Baltimore now that not only could you know the division be up for grabs, but that the playoffs aren't guaranteed. I feel like people are overreacting to that missed two-point conversion because, as Dan's been pointing out, this is kind of who the Ravens have been all season. Like, living... You know, trying hard despite all the injuries, making some things work, but like living on the edge. And yet they now look at Marlon Humphrey, their best cornerback, being out for the season. They now look at Patrick McCarry, maybe been their best offensive lineman uh, at right tackle. Kind of been a revelation, really helped that offensive line, replacing Orlando Brown out for a few weeks. And they're feeling like, are we over the precipice of the injury situation where now we don't do anything particularly well. Like the one thing they did well was throw the ball down the field and outside the numbers. And Lamar Jackson's in a slump that really goes back to week six. Like that's a long slump. So as much as the Browns are looking at themselves with a lot of question marks, they're a little healthier. I know they might be short their tight ends, but they're still healthier overall. And their defense is healthier maybe than it's been all season. And they have to be looking at this as an opportunity. There's five games left. And if you're trying to pick one of these teams in the NFL that who can change their story down the stretch, because some teams will for good and bad. Some teams will think totally different about going into week 18 than we do right now. The Browns at least are a strong candidate to be one of those teams because it's all there. The division's there in front of them. The players are there on the field for the most part. They got to just show up and can do I, it. I'll th- I want to throw something out because, Mark, you have, uh, you've coined the term uh, years ago about the team that struggled but then causes issues down the stretch, the berserker. Berserker team. I think on the other side of that, the underperforming team that you keep an eye on because they can get hot and all of a sudden find their way right into the mix, the championship mix, I call them a disruptor. That's what I think the Browns could be. The they Ravens be. have been that team in the past very that, often. That's still disappointing if you're the Browns. I mean, I, I don't... Hey, you win three straight or something here, you, you'll forget about all of this. But it's, it's just, do it's they have that casting. in them? I, I don't like the makeup of the team right now. I mean, it's no small thing that you don't have your punter. And, and having Harrison Bryan and David <laughs> Njoku, your two tight ends, is huge in the run game. They held the Browns to 40 yards rushing last time, dominated them at the line, and... Browns had four interceptions and got three points out of it. This game is fast. The, the Ravens got to solve this blitzing thing. I mean, I love Lamar. I love this Ravens staff. But 
they don't have an answer right now for when teams are blitzing them. It's not like you don't have to be an expert to see what's going on here. And this is a, a game I think Cleveland get very aggressive, get creative, cause some problems. Ooh, I just, just like good pick. You know, I've been weirdly on on Aaron Donald's case the last couple of weeks. Kind of been fun, but really go win a game in a big spot, and you could do that in Arizona. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's having a great year, but absolutely cause havoc and put your team on your back in this spot. He has that ability as well. One other thing with you're the, not going to watch this one, Mark. Th- I mean, I will eventually, but, but you I, didn't want I, it to be your main game. I, I need, mm. I need, I know what teams fascinate me right now. Wow. Well, the Browns will always fascinate you the most. Though. I know, but it's like it's been a long-term relationship that's bordered <laughs> on abusive, and I need a little bit of a breathing okay. room. All right. We were on the break. Um. All right. Lamar hasn't had a rushing touchdown since week two either. Like that's one thing that was jumping out to me last week. He, that used to be a major part of their offense. You, you know, the chunk plays on the ground and it opened up the passing game. That element of the game is missing as well. It's just been their offense is not easy to watch right now. All right. The second overall pick, Mark Sessler. All right. Well, I am going to. I talked about teams that fascinate me. This is a pet team versus pet team, you know, a kitty clash. Like, I like these two teams so much that I can't wait to see what happens. The 6-6 six and six 49ers versus the seven and five Bengals. Greg, last week you felt that it was too much. Uh, it was too unrealistic and it just didn't fit for the Bengals to beat the Chargers and get to eight and four. Is eight and five um, palatable enough for you? This game to me is the one most, I, if I were to if I were to pick. I think like, it's doable. I think either one of these, but no, to, to use that test, it makes more sense that both these teams would be seven and six. Oh no! So if I was using that same test, that's why I wanted to ask. This particular game is not working out well for Cincinnati. Every time we play it, it's like, no, they need another loss. No, give them another one. Well, it's more because also the 49ers definitely feel like better than a six and six team to me. They do. Well, I think their season. I mean, if we're looking at the Rams and these other teams in the NFC West, San Francisco, that you know was the hottest team in the conference outside of the Cardinals a week or two ago has to show up here. And I, the one lingering image um, that concerns me, because last week I thought the Bengals were killed and got, went down early because we finally had Justin Herbert dialing up big shots downfield and one-on-one coverage. And the Bengals allowed them to do that um, to their error and climb back into that game because I think they are still a really good team. But the image that l- stuck with me on Sunday was Kyle Shanahan, who's a pretty mild-mannered on the sideline. He's not mm. some screamer. But he lost his cool with Jimmy G after the antics of the end zone safety, a terrible interception, getting stuffed on third and one. And it's like, we don't trust Jimmy G to go do what Justin Herbert just did to the Bengals on any level. I think if we get Debo Samuel in this, that will be massive. Where are He's we a, at on that on I, he Thursday? Did, he didn't practice Wednesday, but there was, there was some optimism before that. So and he, it's and confusing. this typically doesn't mean anything, but last week he was – resolute and like, oh, I'll be playing next week. I'm only missing one game. We'll see what that actually means, but just something to keep in mind. You got Burrow's on. dislocated finger. I know it's being like, that's not a big deal. Well, I mean, did you see what it looked like? It seems like it would be it a was, mild deal. It was very, to keep an eye on. It was very swollen, but he came and played fantastic, I thought, after that injury. I think Joe Burrow's having an underrated season somehow. He To me, he just is so much better this year than he was as a rookie, even though the mobility, especially early, was down. So it's a game where you trust the Bengals quarterback more, uh, but you trust, at least I trust, the 49ers operation more. Like, why can't we have a George Kittle game like that more often? Uh, The Bengals are one of the worst teams in the league in terms of giving up plays up the seams. That's where Jimmy G is usually good, although it's also where he throws interceptions quite often. But George Kittle, 
Debo, hopefully he's back. Ayuk like plays up the seams, mashing the ball. I do think the Bengals defense is is a little vulnerable in that way. Who are you going to root for, Mark? That's what I love about it. I feel like I oh, can Shanahan. sit back and totally Shanahan. enjoy it. But I, I, no, I much more would want the Bengals oh. to take a small, a minor oh, okay. dirt nap. With, I think you know. Shanahan was also annoyed. I, I'm, I'm glad we can mention this here because I've forgotten the Cardinals, that Kingsbury showed up after the bye week with a Shanahan-like beard and a Shanahan mm. flat-brim hat. And I was like, hmm. like he looked a lot like Shanahan, and I think he was he was kind of saying, "I'm the new Shanahan." And mm. wow, that is hot. That's a hot take. I love that take. And these guys definitely notice these things. Oh, definitely. These are the things like when I almost saw two head coaches fight at the combine a few years ago. Like they notice everything. Wait, in Kingsbury, he cares about how he looks, and that's fine. Everyone does. To, to my some, point, but I guess I'm not allowed to right, make that point. To some degree. I'm I just saying he waited for that bye week because he didn't want to be in the in-between, you know, while he was on the sideline. He timed it out for the bye week, grew that beard, wore that flapper. It seemed like you were making an insinuation, Mark, that at a certain point, if you reach a level in this industry, it becomes more about how you look than ball. That seemed to be what you were saying. That is my point. Yeah. But I don't think – I think, the, I, I'm not, the, I'm I think not the same people who that, care about it on air, they cared a lot before they were on air. I, and then there's the reverse. Some people kind of don't care in either way. I don't doubt that. I just feel like I, maybe I want to be there. Give me that wardrobe and yeah, I'll start then, being I a close I think now, we're getting, now okay. we're getting But somewhere. I, can't, I can't handle, like, how do I go build a whole – like a huge wardrobe of my own – Without a money, B, I have like my. We don't have any room in our house to store four thousand extra shirts. Well, that's Whoa. why you use a locker here. Well, I, it's, uh, I'm just saying Whoa. it's too much. It's, it's beyond my. It's, I don't it's, need that it's either. Something I'll deal. With, something I'll deal with next year. It's like how we get our own parking spaces right by the entrance, and I'm the only one that uses it because you guys are so working class. I guess. Same thing, Mark. We are. Let's not. You know, let's not hide from the fact that they give us our own lockers basically now in a dressing room. Like, and yours is the only one that's completely empty. The parking space thing is only because, from what I hear, and I, you and I actually, <laughs> I passed you today um, and gave you a, an adult hand you gesture. You seem like you have yeah. a big, we don't have a problem with you. I don't you, care at all. I just don't you want to have, have a problem with us. Because that's what we're, but we're we entitled to. But we've never, sure. I don't, I've I never, don't I've never I don't thought about it way. for more than two seconds. I don't want to have the inter, like the, it's it's worth it to not have the social interaction of like making someone get up, which is fine. I under, everyone has their own. That's decisions the thing, to making make. so, a man come over and take a cone away so that I can park. <laughs> it's just that I don't even know how to. That when I'm there's no one even to talk to when I get to that that's level. It, that, that's part of that person's job. Like they're sure. Security. I'm just I saying. I don't I think even it's see them. Put the cone there. I don't see them when I get there, and it's just I. It my parking spot is maybe 40 yards away. Around a bend. It's I'm good, good to get it. a little, you know, get those steps in, get a little. Walk. Anyways, that's what it's about. All right. <laughs> that what was is this? We went way off topic there. Hey, oh, I thought Aaron Glenn, our, and Aaron Glenn got fired in our email, but he didn't. Not yet. All right. Let's um, oh, they're see. They're playing well lately. Those fighting lions. Let's move on. <laughs> and uh, up next is Greg. I can't believe you left Bill's Bucks to the third pick. It's the yeah. game of the week. It might be the game of the year for me. I mean, okay, that's overstating. It's <laughs> not even, like 27 of it's those. It's not so. even the game of the week. Rams Cardinals a little better. But this is Romo, Nance. And I am just fascinated by this because of the matchup. First of all, Tom Brady said the minute he was off the field last week, next game is our biggest game of the year. And he's like the last person who ever gets like that. And I was like, why, why did he say that? First of all, he's got you know a thing with Buffalo, blah, blah, blah. But he sees them as like a Super Bowl contender, as a real test. And you almost get a sense with these Bucks and just the way that the schedule worked out 
that A, they're not being tested, that they're almost having to rev themselves up uh, to get these, you know, wins taken care of. And they've done a good job of it against the Falcons, like Giants, games like that. And then you look at the rest of their schedule. Sure, they're going to be fired up for that game against the Saints, but they don't play a team with a winning record the rest of the season until the playoffs. And I think Tom Brady was fully aware of that when he said it. I think he wants everyone healthy and back for this game. Uh, I think he has questions uh, about his team and how they're going to stand up in a big spot. And as, as much as Buffalo has struggled lately on paper, they match up pretty well with Tampa in that they're a passing team and the Buccaneers defense is vulnerable to the pass. Like, if ever there is a week for Brian Dable to ignore Sean McDermott and just throw the ball 45 times, I think this is it. Can we see the old Bills passing attack in perfect conditions against uh, a banged-up secondary? Even as the Bucks get some of their players back, they lose Mike Edwards to suspension, Jamel Dean has a concussion, uh, Whitehead was out last week, don't think he, he might not be back, and so they're still vulnerable. This is a game where I think the Bills need to outscore Tampa. This stretch, As opposed to every other week when you don't want to outscore the Right. Out, yeah. Like, not outscoring would be not optimal. <laughs> I just mean you're going to have to put up 35 or something. This stretch, this Patriots, Bucks, you got the Panthers in there, then the Patriots again. I, it's just the it's the acid test for Buffalo. It's kind of um like it, it reminds me, I don't know why this came into my head, but like when John Lennon had that lost year in Los Angeles where he was on the outs with um, Yoko Ono and his life went off the rails, but you come out of it having learned something about yourself and maybe having grown, this is that, this to me is it for the Bills because what we think about them has changed so remarkably. For me, the New England game, like we can't say all last week, it really matters what happens against the Patriots and then blame it on the weather that it doesn't matter. And I know I'm not, Greg, I'm not just pointing to you. I feel like there's a lot of like, well, actually, no, no, we still really believe in the Bills. And I, I believe in them a little bit less because of the way they were. You loved this team a year ago. I I love the idea of the Bills my whole life. I mean, there's. I nothing- just feel like it's a hard, it's hard to say like the Bills were exposed on Monday night, given how right. strange it was because of the weather. It doesn't mean that it wasn't disappointing or that the fact that they're seven and five is a massive letdown from what expectations were. And that's why this game, um, I'm really uh, pumped to see because this really is this is gut check time. Do you see my point Bills. though? It's like it, we're we're deferring the now it matters for the Bills. Like, I don't know. We were before saying all before this that week. game started, and as a fan watching it. I kind of thought, I don't know what this game tells me at all. Whether the Patriots win or lose, it's sort of a one-off in that it's so unique. That I see what you're saying, Mark, I mean, that it's, it's pushing the goalposts back. The Patriots back. are playing in that weather, too, but that's fine. You know. But the right, po- the and the point- Patriots could have lost, and I wouldn't have thought that they were a worse right. team that, because of it. That's my point, that, that the weather made it so weird that you almost have to, or at least I do, and I guess Greg agrees, that – just got our whole judgment still on the Bills. Let's get him against Tampa on the road. And if the Bills really are messed up or doomed, as you said on Tuesday, um, then they will lose this game. And they will beat the Panthers the next week probably. And they'll lose again to New England. And that will be their fate. Um, I'm just not ready to go there. I think there is maybe something within this team and maybe a frustrating loss where not only did you get beat in a really tough game in primetime, after the game you rubbed the wrong way, the way people try to spin the game um, as some type of, uh, uh, you know, uh, addressing weaknesses that were exposed in a big spot. I think they're mad about all that. I think the Bucks are in trouble. I think the Bills are going to win this game. I'll go that far. I think they got this. I, I don't want to go down, like, hot take avenue with this like I did with, like, multiple teams in both conferences a week ago. It is a layer cake to me of displeasure for the Bills because the first layer is the Titans' loss. 
The second layer is that Jaguars debacle. The third layer was getting totally thumped and outmanned by the Colts. The fourth layer is the Patriots game. How many more layers on this cake do we need for me to lose a little bit of faith that this team is not last well, you've year's team? You've lost it. Beyond McDermott, McDermott's own words and frustration. You don't have any more faith. You're out. I don't have no faith. You they, said they, they were doomed. I'm, more, I'm in a different place than you. Like If they beat the Bucks, I will allow some of those sins to float down the river. But I don't just ignore the game because it was in poor weather or anything else that's happened. It's all part of the story. That That's fair. But And yet, when I look at this matchup, it's not the things that everyone's talking about that I'm worried about the Bills. It is their passing game. It is Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Sanders, Knox, Gabe Davis. Because for this team to make sense, and I think that's why McDermott's so frustrated, they need to be like the 2020 Bills. They're having the same feelings uh, that the Chiefs are having right now, except when they're going up against good team, you know they're they're having a tougher schedule. Basically, you look at this matchup: Bills, Bucks. Can the Bills really get after Tom Brady? I I don't know. I don't really. No one s- could a week ago. No one. Yeah, and that was Atlanta. But even then, like Tristan Wirfs hasn't given up a pressure since Week Eight. Tom Brady's still the best quarterback in football, I think, when he's given time. Like Josh Allen isn't that close. So if you got that big of an edge at quarterback. I don't think the, to me, the coaching is a wash here, and you give the Bucks a little bit of an edge. Great game, can't wait to watch it. Oh um, wow, what a freaking pick at number. I'm annoyed. Three. Maybe <laughs> one of the best. I'm about to have one of the best drafts anyone's had all year. I gave Dan a good draft. I feel like I helped make you happy. The reason why I didn't take it, Greg, is because I knew I knew my <laughs> late afternoon is going to be Bills at Bucks and Niners at Bengals. So all I needed was to take wow. my Ravens and Browns, and then hopefully they that those two games stay on mark uh, by the time I come back around. <laughs> Didn't work out that way for the old Zeuser. Well, that that's doing a disservice to your other 4 p.m. game. I'm taking an early game now, and wait, wow. Wait, 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 before you go. <laughs> oh. Calm down. We have, we have someone else that wants to talk about this game. It's a Wesling brother. Hello, heroes. Phil here. Week 14, and the Wesling boys desperately need a win. I only have one recording this week. Or maybe another one, if things start going sideways mid-game. I've had zero input from my brothers, so you know what that means. No Bengals, and it's up to Mackie and me. Sean McDermott, you got outcoached last week by the GOAT when the Pets only threw three passes and you couldn't even own it. This week you're going against another GOAT who is guaranteed to throw more than three passes unless Fournette runs all over you. Mackie says look for Mike Evans to pop off. Bucks over Bills. Lock it up. Yeah. I look, there is a delicious little irony that the, the the people of Western New York aren't going to want to hear, but there is a chance that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick end your season. And They're there are joining two different forces teams. again. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about <laughs> that. You're joining forces. That's help. All right, help good the luck. old guys and, out, Tommy. And by the way, Nick Wessling did – he sent two files last week, and one, I guess, was – I don't listen. He sends – the Wesley brothers send me a file. I never listen until the show. I, and he said he sent one and then said, actually, don't use that one. Use this one. So I was like, OK. And I sent that one on to Ricky. I need to just get out of this business. They just need to send it straight to Ricky. But I just I, it's amazing to me. So Nick was telling the truth. He did have two files, one locking up the Bengals, one locking up the Chargers. But who does that? <laughs> well, he also did you dirty, I thought, on Twitter. and We don't need to go down that road. But how about this? Um being a middleman is never a good role. You don't need to be a middleman at this point. It's not. It's not smart for you. I think I got to get out of the middleman, Ricky. Going forward, can we just get the Wesling brothers to send it to you? Yeah, sure. Works for me. <laughs> All right. 
Here we go. Let's move on, Greg. Sorry, without further ado, Greggy with the snakes. It's Cowboys. It's the Washington football team. It's early. It's important. If Washington (laughs) wins this game, I'm I'm excited about this game. I really am because I have somewhat openly thought this Washington run eh, a little phony. Not quite buying it. Like, it's fine. Like, they – it makes sense. Uh, They deserve credit. They've they've beaten – some bad offenses with some well-coached defense. Like, give Ron Rivera a lot of credit. Taylor Heineke playing better for a month overall uh, than I expected. But to me, they're still a 7 or 8 type of win team. And now you're going up against Dallas in a game where, okay, it's DeMarcus Lawrence's second game back. Cooper was just coming off COVID, wasn't totally right in terms of the snap count a week ago. Now they've got a little extra rest coming off that Thursday game. It's, you know, it's Lamb, Cooper, Martin, Tyron Smith, Gallup, Zeke. All of those guys had actually never played together with Lyle Collins until uh, a week ago. And now here we're back again. And oh, by the way, you add Randy Gregory, who looked like a pro bowler earlier in the season, is back. Neville Gallimore, who's their best interior lineman uh, from a year ago, is going to play for the first time all season. I think this Washington offensive line has been well coached up, but it's like, I don't think Taylor Heineke can go up and down the field on this defense. And if you can't do that, I think this game ends up being a little sideways, and that's why I'm locking up the Cowboys. <laughs> That's right. Dramatic pause. Well, we'll, we'll edit that out. And I was trying to fi- – no, I love that gap. Um, I was trying to figure out, like, who do I lock up this week? And then I heard Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm locking up the boys, too. Oh, I thought you might flip because it. That was somehow you know a bad who else side. is back? It's Mike McCarthy. Yes. The mastermind behind it all. Yeah, Marky. Well, so what we often frown on Cowboys, uh, Cowboys hubris. In this case, I kind of love what he did. I, I'm with you. I think this is maybe where the rainbow ends for Washington. Uh, it's just I don't like the matchup on any level. A lot of things have gone right for them. That said, if Dallas lost this, utter chaos would be unleashed on that organization. Well, did you hear play Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy again, Ricky? Please. You know, we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. Mm. It sounds a little spoken. Uh, he sounds a little bit like he's. Does he sound that confident? <laughs> no, it looks that? like he's like I'm looking past this game. We're going to win this game, <laughs> and then we're going to move on and continue to win football mm, games. We'll see. Uh, it would the NFC East is theirs if they win uh, this game. And yeah, I'm with you, Greg. Everything you said is the reason why I locked the game up. I I think Washington deserves credit for making the season interesting, especially especially with Chase Young going down. Montez Sweat, by the way, we talked about his broken jaw. Uh, and uh, he is supposed to come back, but then he got COVID, and he's not vaccinated. That's so a tough month. He is out Broken for, jaw and corona. Yeah, he is out now for at least 10 days, I think is what it is, and then he has to not test positive and all that stuff. So the, it's been a nice story that the defense has gotten off the mat, even though they're undermanned. Uh, Taylor Heineke has been obviously a nice story. Antonio Gibson is a really good player. Um, but they shouldn't have won last week. All right, they did win. The Raiders blew that game uh, in three different ways. I didn't think the Washington football team played that well in that game and got away with some things. I think the I think it ends here. The buck stops here. The Cowboys take control of the NFC East. Question for you, and I, I hate to keep doing this, but was it a nice story that they waxed the Buccaneers, the team that we now call 
the team that will decide what we think of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'm just saying Washington is not some – right. this is not a fluky scenario. They've – they have shored things up. We've seen this under Ron Rivera before. The offense, I think, has gotten as grown as much as the you defense. You going to lock them up? No, I'm good with my I mean, lock, it, but... No, I'm with you. Like That's why it's it's like well in the lock zone. Like It wouldn't stun me that Washington won this game because I think they've shown us who they are, which is a pretty close-to-average competitive team. I believe the Cowboys are better than that. They, To be fair, and we talked about it on Tuesday with Jane – they just have they haven't shown it. Not offensively. I think their defense has been pretty consistent in who they are. They're they're they're, they're spunky. They're sparky. They're they're overachievers. They're sparky. They're, they're fine. It's the it's the offense. It's Dak and and all the weapons actually that haven't been able to get into full flow, and that included in that Saints game. That they could they had seven possessions. You know, Taysom Hill kept turning it back over. But I just believe in talent over the long run that it will come around. They're too talented. Well, and it's one of these things whenever they say like this this offense versus this surging defense, they match up really well. And the Cowboys have the second point most points per game in the league, the first in yardage. And a lot of that is weighted from earlier in the year when they weren't in this post Broncos slump. But it always favors the offense when that stuff happens. I, I don't love the matchup for Washington. Um, and I will say that uh, the Cowboys, and we talked about this with Jane, and I thought it was an interesting theory. Well, I don't know if it, what it means ultimately, but um, he hasn't played that well since he came back from the calf. Jane said she wonders if there's some type of mental component to it, hmm. the, the calf injury, the leg injury last year, that he's not trusting his body in the same way, and that might be affecting his play. I don't know, but he has not been as good. He, they need Dak to really – uh, light him up. He's been so different too. He he's actually I think made more big time throws in the last two games than any two game stretch all season. Like two, more like oh my god throws. But right. he hasn't been doing the stuff where he like reads everything and knows what's going on and he hasn't looked like poised or comfortable. It's like the total opposite of how he started. They the let season. the Saints hang around in that game and a lot of those missed throws well. by Dak. All right, well. let's uh, take a break and then we will move on. All right, we're back. Mark, it is back to you, buddy. Well, I'm going to pick a late afternoon game here. I'm going to go Giants at Chargers um, based entirely on my interest in the Chargers, based not on any level in my interest of the Giants. Uh, I mean, look, we're back here again, though, with Corona because Keenan Allen, who is vaccinated, has COVID, has a chance to play. It sounds like that that he probably will because... The five-day window started on Monday. Mike Williams was Wait, a close. Wait, he has COVID though. Well, he's been he's in that COVID world where we don't know. I don't know COVID exactly what world. happened to him. But Mike Williams was a close contact. He's not vaccinated. They still say he has a chance to play based on when it all occurred. Chris Harris on the defense also was a close contact. So if you lose, if you ever weren't with Williams or Keenan Allen, which I think they will be, um, it would kind of unspool everything that we saw. Herbert and Mike Williams achieved last week, which was a long-awaited deep shots downfield that took some of this heat off of Joe Lombardi. Um, on the Giants' side, it sounds like Daniel Jones has a chance to play on where we are here on Thursday. Um, Mike Glennon has a concussion at this point. If he couldn't go, Jake Fromm, State Farm, I guess, is like the third right. guy All in that whole mix. Give me a break. I mean, I'm with you. The G-men are a conversation for the offseason at this point. I think with the <laughs> with the Chargers, it's like, okay, guys, 
let us know. Like, Handle just get, your business. Get back to us, uh, you know, after this Sunday of games and let us know if we should take you seriously because the AF- they could be a disruptor in the AFC. They could be a team that comes up, goes from being an inconsistent up-and-down entity to bang, all of a sudden they're playing the AFC title game. They have that type of ceiling, uh, but you need to see that consistency. You gotta, they need to do mm-hmm. what the Colts have mastered, which is, oh, you're giving us a layup on the schedule? We're going to slam that mother down. We're going to handle it. We are going to take care of business. I I loved what I saw out of their defensive line last week. It was by far their best defensive uh, line performance of the year. It kind of came out of nowhere. Bosa wasn't even on the field. Uh, They've also been a good run defense since they're by. Like that idea that that's their huge weakness isn't borne out by stats or the eye test for about five weeks now. They've kind of solved that. So you see some things coming around. Mike Williams is loosely expected to play because he's the close contact. Right. Keenan Allen, yeah, would have to pass the test. I, As much as people got on Rodgers for being unvaccinated, like I haven't seen anyone get COVID on a Monday and play on a Sunday. I've been watching this, so it's unlikely. It's possible, That's but like it's unlikely. That's like the worst beat to the, be on COVID timing. Oh, terrible. Because right, everyone makes this huge deal. It's like, well, then you're going to at least be out a week if you're unvaccinated. Show me the vaccinated guys that are – testing negative just five days later it's hard to do like it's the it, optimism on the on these right. reports threw me because right. you're right it's it's so atypical but with mike what williams should be season. back because he's a close contact what? and chris harris the, i the, i know we don't want to talk about the giants but this the, the, <laughs> no giants running back or wide receiver has scored a touchdown since october 24th it does not speak to the talent it speaks that they have had zero availability of their roster it costs their offensive coordinator getting fired it's just like this giants team needs to go to sleep and they got yeah. a joe they got a coach afraid of his own shadow Calling punts while he's down four in the opposing territory. Mike Glennon on your quarterback. Jake Fromm. Give me a point. All right. Let's move on. I am up. Ooh, I'm in a tough spot here. You guys bang me in the biggest of all spots. Um, I will grab the Raiders at Chiefs in the early window. Kind of puts me in a tough situation with the Jets, but I'll live with it. Um, All right. Same thing. The Raiders, you know, I think the Raiders are – I think the Raiders are an also ran. Ultimately, I'm not. Um, I've gotten to the point where I've seen enough of them uh, to know that how this is going to end. It's going to end in a little bit of disappointment. Eight, nine, nine, and eight. So what? What interests me more, and I could be wrong because everyone's been wrong all season in 20, 2021. Maybe the Raiders rise up. Maybe that starting here, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Then they go to Cleveland and win, and then they win at Denver, and they're nine and six with two weeks to go. Maybe that happens. Probably not, though. I think the Chiefs, again, with their defense playing as well as it, it, it has, and with the Raiders accepting the one game on Thanksgiving night, uh, that offense has been as bad as it's been. We're going to get another one of these 22-9 to nine wins for the Chiefs because I am out and I am out of the business, finally, uh, effectively, uh, Sunday night of saying I think the Chiefs are going to come around on offense. I just don't see it. I'm glad to hear that. It's not what a about slump. A, but when they play the Raiders – that was the one game. That was the 40 bomber uh, that everyone was like, oh, everything's solved. But no, it was like, actually, you just were playing the Raiders and that right. matchup works for you. And but may- maybe it'll work again. Maybe, but it point. just there's it, it's not a slump anymore. It's something systemically wrong with what they're doing or it's the personnel or whatever it is. I think it's more likely at this point that this is something they could fix in the offseason hmm. than something they could fix in December and January. That's just that's where I'm at. But. 
And that's why the defense, as good as it's been, they strike me as a team that is going to get picked off in January and it's going to be seen as a big uh, upset. Wow. But at the same time, now now it's come down to Steve Spaggs having a bad day at the office to save the Chiefs. I think that's the more likely destination. So, yes, I like the Chiefs this week. I like them in another low-scoring win where the defense carries the day and Mahomes does just enough. Uh, but I think the Chiefs have major issues. Do you like them by nine and a half points? This was one of the toughest games, I thought, to pick against the spread. It's going to be week. right there. It's going to be like a 22-9 <laughs> game. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. I, I think they can solve their problems this season because I think a lot of it is on Patrick Mahomes. It's He's just not as accurate. Like I, I think there are plays there to be made. He's... A, a lot of the interceptions have been bad luck and everything, but he also just is missing a lot of throws. Like if you look at him, him and Stafford, I think are very similar in that if you look at their like on target throw rate that like PFF does in terms of putting the ball in the right spot, in terms of ball location, like they just they've just been missing a lot of throws, and that's hasn't been the case with Mahomes. I don't know why that is, and I think it can change. I, I would I just I've seen too much good play out of him. I can't imagine that Andy Reid just doesn't know how to coach offensive football and they don't have the right player. But that's not it either. It's not that Andy Reid is no longer a good coach or Mahomes is no longer the most talented quarterback of his generation. There's something there's just something in the mix here. Yes. That's beyond like a body switch comedy and now it's Rich Kotite coaching and Ken O'Brien a quarterback. Like something else is going on. Here. I mean I before I knew you guys, I was stuck in these like laundry list of terrible corporate jobs. And one Christmas, they gave us as a gift. You're welcome, by this, the way. We, we saved you yeah, from that me life. And, me and Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's that was, true. I was hired before you and taught you how to use the you know the computer oh. system, Dan. But I, I will I'll look at it that way. But <laughs> you're it's like just, Jim Ryan in that Good Day in New York uh, uh, YouTube right, video. Right. Well, I'm not your boss anymore. <laughs> that's more to Greg. Uh, but that they gave us this book, that hideous corporate book, Good to Great, which I threw right in a trash can. But. I think the Chiefs are more um, authoring like a sequel that I think more people can relate to, which is like great to good. Like they, that's what they are this year. It's fine. And like, if you look at even some of the best quarterbacks, and I think Mahomes came out like such a fireball. And it's the way he plays. Uh, the, you know that he, you know it's not the same throw every time. He does things that are special that are you know visually off the charts. But every quarterback has these seasons where after a couple great years. They regress a little bit, and I think that the function of the whole offense is part of it. And you look at Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey's numbers; it just we just assume that they're off too. Like they're still Tyreek Hill's numbers are still incredible compared to other wideouts in the league and stuff. They just don't seem to have that special sauce this year. And I, I think it's just who Kelsey's they are. Kelsey's a little older, sneaky old, thirty-two. I mean, well, I guess, like, I'm wondering. I think it's good just numbers, very though. Much to a, your point, he's what still you're on saying Travis Kelsey's in decline physically. I think slightly, yeah. Whoa. I just okay. think that we're like, and Dan, I'm happy to hear you say that you've gotten off this train because we could all be wrong. Like, that's pretty much 80% of what we do. But, like, I'm not waiting around for them to be the Chiefs offense from two years ago. And I don't see it. I think the Chiefs fans who are trying to make the point, like, if the Patriots have this run or the Ravens have this run with these scores, like, no one's complaining about the style points, that there is something to. Everyone's complaining. That's what I mean. Like, if it was those teams winning with those scores, no one would be complaining about the Patriots or the Ravens. And yet, because it's the Chiefs, everyone's complaining. They do get some credit for the institutional 
value of like we know how to win games like we win more than everyone else it, for for the bills and the browns and these teams that don't know how to stack year after year well here we are the chiefs you know tied for the best record or one half game behind in the AFC for the fourth straight year now they're doing it in a different way but they they do get a little credit here where it's a, it's all the same people running the ship that right. have gotten them to 8 and 4 just despite some a, problems in a in a really blase um Low grade AFC, yes, right. But they beat they beat the Packers. Uh, granted, Jordan Love that one didn't kind of count. But they beat the the Cowboys. They've had moments. Uh, and a point that you made Tuesday, or I guess the Monday Night Football crew made Tuesday about the Patriots it was like, oh, the only difference between this year and last year is they have better players now. It's also the AFC is worse this year than it was last right, year. Right. So that really has helped a team like the Patriots and a team like the Chiefs, who I think, because the AFC has been what it is, have been able to win 8 of 12 despite having major offensive issues. And by the way, if there's one thing... Win that, this game, Raiders. Cause yeah, some chaos. One thing that I want to be wrong about is the Chiefs offense and, and them turning it on. Because the league is just more fun when Mahomes' greatness is on display uh, in a really um, profound way. So maybe it happens. But there's just so much evidence now that it won't. All right. I feel like an anarchist, but I kind of like what's. Ha- I kind of like him not being like the centerpiece every week. Yeah, but, but what, what how about when we were watching Sunday Night Football and we're bored to tears? Yeah, but I was more. I was much more bored with the team they were playing, which we'll get to at some point in this show. I know, but the fact that we're bored watching I, the Chiefs on offense. Mark's been, when when hear, been wanting Mahomes to when fall I hear, for years. No, no, He's sick no, of no, the no, shiny I, I like boy. Mahomes. When I yeah, hear, yeah. when I hear like. The league's just so much better when like the Cowboys are good, or the league's so much better when fill in the blank. It's like I tep- I typically agree with like thirty percent of those, and I don't need the Chiefs to like go blow everyone out week after week and being hearing about Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I, it's a little personal, I get it, because you know it happened against the Browns t- oh. back to back. But but beyond that, I simply okay. don't. It doesn't exactly. make my you. life so much better. I like other teams. I too. was slow on the uptake on that one. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. It is, that, is a, that is a piece of it. It is not the entire thing. <laughs> All right. Let's snake it. And it's a little – it's got now it's getting sloppy. So let's let's pick up the pace here. I will grab the uh, Saints at Jets. Um, the Saints, it is for them lose and see you next year. You could say it's already that place for them because they've Only been, one out. Only one um, out. Yeah, they've been so bad for a long stretch now. But, yeah, one game out of five and seven – and they're at the Meadowlands, but no one's scared to go and play the Jets in Jersey. So um, this this profiles against the Jets defense that has been unbelievably poor. Like, that's to me, people could say, what's the biggest disappointment about this latest poor Jets season? Is it Zach Wilson not really uh, fulfilling promise early on? No, because I'm not totally surprised by that, He, considering where he came out of college and the fact that he's so raw. We'll see what happens down the line. The Jets' defense being the worst in football by a long shot. That was not expected, even after Carl Lawson went out with the injury and then eventually Marcus May. The fact that they are... They would give up seven consecutive touchdown drive or scoring drives to Gardner Minshew that they would just get embarrassed on Thursday Night Football by the Colts in a way that was ungodly. Like, so if Taysom Hill's healthy enough to play at a, a strong level compared to what his skill set is, the Saints are going to score a lot of points in this game, and it's going to be a Saints romp because mm. the Jets' defense has reached the point where they do not compete. And you get Alvin Kamara back, expected to play. Uh, Mark Ingram and Cam Jordan are on the COVID list. Give me a break. This is like worse than last year. But the Jets, 
Third worst run defense DVOA-wise. They've allowed 100 yards on the ground twice all year, and they have been utterly thrashed in other weeks. So it just, with who the Saints have and the way they're built, it sets up well for New Orleans. Well, they're getting healthier except for those COVID issues. That would end a consecutive start streak or game streak by Cam Jordan that I believe goes his entire career. Dates back to the late 1800s. Pretty pretty amazing for a defensive end. I don't, don't think he's ever missed a game. Taysom Hill's practicing is expected to start. They're going to get one of their two tackles back. It sounds like Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick still out of practice. The The jets are very banged up, actually missing uh, quite a number of starters in practice, including both their top running backs have concussions and Elijah Moore has a quad injury and hasn't practiced. So it's a mess. I was thinking, right. I was thinking of Marcus Davenport's also back for the saints. It's like with the saints, it's often just like who's playing for this team. If enough people are playing, they're, pretty darn competitive, and I think it's a very difficult matchup for um, your boy, Zach Wilson, if he doesn't have his running game, it's very hard to run against the Saints, and he doesn't have Elijah Moore, and Dennis Allen, I I think, has done a great job this year, and I think is a particularly difficult guy to go up against for these young quarterbacks, because they're just going to send a lot at him. I don't know if you mentioned Corey Davis. He's out for the year. I didn't. He just had core surgery. Uh, He had a groin issue that got worse last week, and that is just like the Jets curse with these free agents. Every free agent they sign either plays well well below what they expected or they get hurt. It's just like well, go through the list. Well, they have to get to a point where they're not having to make, you know, splash free agency moves every year to but become like Corey a Davis isn't even a splash. It was just like I a know, nice but signing. There are but, multiple splash yeah. people that have not worked out. So. It just it is what Saints it is. Saints fans listening to this, though, think like no team is scoring a ton of points. Uh, I mean, we're not scoring a ton on any defense. I don't care how bad the Jets' uh, defense right. is. That's have, have you watched, watched the, the Jets? Have you watched the Saints' <laughs> offense the last three weeks? It has. Been, it's been a tough slog. All right, twenty-four I, to six. I will say this: um, the Saints' struggle in the screen game with in the post-Drew Brees era uh, with Taysom Hill. Just throw some screen passes to Alvin Kamara and mm. see what happens. With this game Jets is lockable. Defense. I thought about locking this up, but there's so many injuries. Yeah, I, I saw it too. I just don't. That's uh, a gross move. I don't like doing that stuff. <laughs> okay. um, all right. Let's now move on uh, quickly. Mark. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, I need a nice early game to pair with that Bengals Niners uh, dreamy affair that is going to be a romp, I hope. And it's going to be the Titans versus the Jaguars. Um, this got on my radar, Jaguars wise. Number one, Julio Jones for the Titans. Sounds like he's back at practice. They'll get him back. That helps a little bit. Maybe. Um, for the Jaguars, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence had to come out and say Wait, that- we have that, actually. Do you want to tee it up and then- Well, you've just teed it up. All let's, right. Trevor let's Lawrence, that. the number one overall pick who has struggled uh, to lead this offense to points this year, um, came out in the media. James Robinson, their best offensive player uh, at running back, has been getting benched a ton this year for fumble issues. Although Carlos Hyde, when he fumbles, he doesn't get bad. It's a whole thing, and it speaks to maybe a bigger issue behind the scenes. This is what Trevor Lawrence said to the media this week. Um, I honestly don't even know everything that went into it. You know, I'm playing the game, and stuff happens on the sideline with coaching decisions. I don't really get into that, but I know, and I voice my opinion, James is one of our best players, and he's got to be in the game, and I think we're all on the same page. So there's no confusion there. Um, so we're just gonna, we're going to move forward, but I know James is a hell of a player, so I want him, I want him out there. Hmm. And now there's a sparrow. I talked to a sparrow who said there might be some heat going on behind the scenes. With well, he Lawrence. talked to all of us, but yes. Um, there is some heat between Lawrence and Urban Myers. Coaching, yes. Yeah, and I think I think and this, this this now coming this out a couple days that. level. And, I, and, and also Urban Meyer had to sit down and meet with James Robinson. And Urban Meyer came out saying, 
It was just such a fantastic meeting. Oh, wow. Like, what a connection we made. I don't buy a word. And he says, like, I'm going to start doing that now all the time. It's like, what? He <laughs> so, is behind so the it, curve. So it took, it took James Robinson very politely answering questions, going out of his way to try to not make it an issue uh, during some radio appearance uh, where the guys were kind of peppering him on it and asking him about Urban Meyer. It took that happening and then becoming a local story for Urban Meyer then to set this meeting with his running back. And then afterwards, like, I'm going to change how I do everything and I'm going to start meeting with all my players weekly on the regular because this was so good. Like, what is going on here? Um, It's a mess. That's what it is. And the Jaguars have a tricky situation on their hands financially there, to say the least. The Titans, go win a game. Go win a football game. Go do it. Mike Vrabel, your defense shut down the Jaguars who just want to go home during what's been a miserable year. And then if you do, it's five more games, you're nine and four. And then you're in the mix in the AFC to, for the top seed as crazy as that sounds. And like one thing, when I was watching Monday night football and you're watching the, the Patriots bully, the, uh, the bills in the trenches, it's like, what's the team in the AFC that w- would be able to go punch for punch to the mouth uh, with, with the Patriots in January, mm-hmm. it's the Titans, but they got to mm-hmm. get healthy and they got to survive this stretch of their schedule. Maybe the Colts. Maybe. Maybe. It's another one. Any other thoughts on this one, Mark? Uh, No, you've said it all. All right, let's move on then to Greg closing out the draft. I am closing out the draft with a pick of a game this week. Let's go back up. uh, Falcons-Panthers is my last game. I know. It's a sad state of affairs. has there ever been a worse <laughs> game just in terms of like the the actual quality of the teams that's on December 12th or later between two teams that are very much in the playoff hunt? Because I know we don't believe in these teams, but the I mean, fr- outside of like five other games this week, but yeah, <laughs> no, but not two teams like this like this. The Falcons and the Panthers are 27th and 32nd in overall DVOA. So that paints them as two of the worst five or six teams in the league. And their record still isn't that good. Like they don't deserve to be five and seven, uh, but it's not a good record. But in the NFC this year, that's only one game out. So one of these teams is going to have at least another week of a stay of execution. And I can't decide if I think like Cam Newton is just a little cooked or whether he's going to have a chance in this game where the Panthers played bully ball the first time around. It was a very memorable game, uh, to me at least. Just They did the Patriots-Bills plan a little quieter. They ran it about 47 times and let Sam Darnold throw it uh, in the teens uh, and won that game in Atlanta and dominated the Falcons' offensive line because when the Falcons play a team that has any pass rush, usually they stink. There are differences, though. I mean, the Panthers right now are like a bad psilocybin voyage. They just fired Joe Brady, who we went into this season calling one of the <laughs> best play callers in the league, potentially a head coach candidate. I think Matt Rule— Who's and- we? I thought Joe Brady, yeah. what, like, what, he, he, he came in with as much acclaim from the college game as anyone in years— and there were sparks last year, but there were also Teddy Bridgewater issues saying that the, you know, the red zone stuff. I mean, Matt Rule basically said he wanted to get creative and do things differently, and he fires Joe Brady right now. It's not working out. This has got to be one of the more disappointing teams around. To your point, Greg, that like their record, the 3-0 and start feels like a thousand years ago at this point. Right, because the defense has been okay. I mean, the defense has let them down in spots, but they've been okay. Firing Joe Brady on the Sunday during a bye week, is a wild move. It, it really is Matt Rule. I 
I believe thinking if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down doing it my way. And ultimately I hired this guy. I didn't really know that well. And he said that was the first time he did that, that he didn't regret it. I was like, uh, actually, yes, you do regret it. That's that's what you do when you fire someone. Right. Re- that's an admission of failure. Right. Like you, you picked re- the wrong you guy. You regretted it. Right. You regretted it. And yeah, to Mark's <laughs> point, like the Broncos, for instance, and I brought this up a couple of times this season. It feels like Broncos aren't having a great season. But when you start out 3-0, and it allows you to stay afloat as long as you don't become pitiful immediately after. The Panthers became pitiful. They've lost seven of nine since starting three and zero. Hence their record five and seven. That's math. Nailed it. And they are now in a position where, mm. like, yeah, I think I might have to flip my pick for this game. I took the Panthers, mm. but I think there's something about this Falcons team that they're like, they're going to be like seven and ten at the end, and they, when they should have been two and they've actually been an overachieving seven and ten. I, I wonder by if the end t- rule to make kind of I don't know some type of. Bold dec- declaration here gives it to Chuba Hubbard 37 times in this game. Well, that's what they were starting to do. <laughs> like, and then you lose Christian McCaffrey in the middle of it. By the way, Joe Brady put into a bit of a tough situation with the quarterback team building well, scenario fair. that he went it's in It's like you, you – and Rule was like publicly saying it after certain games when their season started to spiral. It's like we need to run the ball and we're going to run the ball. Trust me, <laughs> we're running the ball, which is basically, hey – offensive coordinator, listen to me. We need to run the ball. But it's like you're not mentioning that Christian McCaffrey's now missed two straight years. <laughs> right. And it's like Chuba Hubbard and whoever the hell else is back there. It's like that's a tough situation to put an offensive coordinator a- in. Absolutely. And yet the success of Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Joe Burrow in the pros should absolutely redistribute all the credit that Joe Brady was getting for a historic LSU team. For some we. We love giving the coaches so much credit when it's mostly about the players. Those are two incredible players at wide receiver on the same college team at the height of their powers, quarterbacked by a number one overall draft pick who's going to become a top 10 NFL quarterback. Like, I could have offensive coordinated that team to a pretty good record. Well, you could have gotten fired too. I think you, you know, I, we all could have. I don't think we quite understand what offensive coordinators are doing. I mean, I don't, I don't doing, mean please. literally, but I'm saying if you just throw in the – your average college offense. I'd love offensive. to see Greg coaching Sam Darnold for six weeks and see where we are press wise I mean, in I would, Carolina. I would, um, not much I would worse. delegate. I would <laughs> delegate quite a bit. Uh, I think your average college coach at any level would have had great success with those three players. That is not a, a, a controversial well, just statement. Just like LSU's yeah, passing. It's slightly dismissive, but I'll. It's fine. a cr- you know. Players matter. Like, what did LSU I, you know do what, the, the year before? You know, players like, matter is not a controversial right. concept, but like, you've just taken the man's, like, resume and said he is a straw man. He I'm doesn't saying really he exist. Got, he got way overrated for that. And I refuse to defend the Jets on any level, um, uh, how they've made organizational decisions. Uh, but the reason Matt Rule didn't take the Jets job is because they didn't let him pick his own staff. Uh, and mm. well, which is, but that, that's anyway, a, that, I like that this. Is, I like this. That's an <laughs> in, ridiculous way to treat any candidate. It's Come true. On. Well, D- Dan is saying. coming back and scoring a point in, a, in an argument a year ago where the Jets got a lot of grief for keeping Gase and going because with of rule. his lack of NFL experience. Yeah. That was why they were that way. Joe Joe Brady led one of the great passing attacks ever, and then Rule hired him to run a run based offense. It's it's an interesting decision. All right, we keep moving, but. First, a break. All right, we're back. Seahawks at Texans. I'm, t- I'm not messing around. I'm telling you, Bears at Packers will be the last game we talk about. Seahawks at Texans. Jamal Adams out for the year. Um, so you lose him, uh, but you get the Texans. They're the worst team in football. Any thoughts on this game? I, the only thing I, that caught my eye Texans-wise this week was 
Nick Casario, their general manager, being asked about David Culley coming back, and he was like about as non-committal as you can get. Really? Yeah, and like Seattle, uh, I mean, it, you're going to get Davis Mills for the for the Texans again. I mean, if you're Seattle, your season is over in my book. The Jamal Adams thing is an exclamation point on a trade that went totally south for them as the organization starts to fade into the later years of an organization under uh, Pete Carroll. Look at all these we'll management wins happens. for the Jets who have like a 12, you know, 127 winning percentage the last two years. But that ended up being the right move as well. Uh, Joe Douglas for president. <laughs> it is a big well, day for you, actually, Dan. Now the Seahawks <laughs> scoring a lot of victories. The Seahawks get another week uh, of um, – like the slightest life if they win this game, because the second they won that game against the 49ers, not only did Pete Carroll give like an impassioned, like we're still alive speech in the locker room where he looked like they had won the Super Bowl. All of Seahawks Twitter that I followed immediately made the corner to from to like, well, you never know. Maybe we can go on this run here because eight and nine might get you in the playoffs. that's what they expect right. for a decade. So for if you win this game, you get one more week of that before the Rams game where you feel like Ooh, maybe we can at I don't least know. make a run. If, what if the Rams get wiped out by the Cardinals and they're in a free fall? I, they didn't really look – the Seahawks looked weird last week. I did not get the feeling that they solved their offensive problems, even though they, they did look good when they were up tempo. I kind of don't even trust them to, like, cover eight points against – a sneaky frisky hey, Texans defense. Yeah, I forked lately. the conversation over. Yeah. That's right. So let's That's move true. on. Uh, the Lions at Broncos. Greg, give me something. N- another one where it's very tough. Do you tr- really trust the Broncos to cover eight against an NFL no. team? I they've don't. Not, they've done it how many times this year? Twice. Notice maybe? how Greg defaults to a betting program whenever you just throw it to him open ended. Well, because that's I, I got to make the picks on uh, NFL.com slash game picks. And I really only care about the ATS. And so that's that's what uh, keeps me up at night. It's not the I mean, I'm going to pick the Broncos to win this game. I, I don't trust them to make it a blowout necessarily. Uh, they've won four or five blowout games. Weirdly, actually, uh, if you, the first three weeks of the season, yeah, the, go, go the check Chargers, who they were playing like the Cowboys, the Chargers very recently. So like the, that, those are teams with winning records. So it happens. Uh, and yet the Lions, actually, if you look at. Since the bye week, they, I don't think they've given up more than 20 points. They've been in every single game yeah, until the final play. So they could be better than 110 and 1 uh, here lately. Jared Goff missed practice with an illness. I, that would change things, obviously, if he was out. All right. They beat the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets in those blowouts. So I'll, and I, the I think, Cowboys and the Chargers, right. two of the last four weeks. I think we effectively. Unless they want to really do like the you know the villain in a horror movie thing and come back to life, the Broncos essentially were put under on Sunday right, night football. Right, but we, I, I get it. I, all I was saying is they're capable of blowouts. They have blown out more good teams than many teams with winning records this year, right? I mean, the, the Bills haven't want, done it. Do it's not, a weird thing. We do not want the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. They're going to be 7-6 and six if they win this game. We don't, I, I think they could lose. We don't want to waste a Saturday uh, playoff no, game. No. That if I they lost January to the Lions, the I, I wonder if Vic Fangio, he could be saying goodbye sooner than expected. Finally, last but least... The Chicago Bears are playing Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers. Not flexed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a big ticket item. The Packers are a big ticket item. They have major um, pop, obviously, nationally, uh, as well as regionally. And they have a chance now to move to 10-3 and and really put the pressure. uh, So they play Sunday night. The Cards play Monday night. So they're going to destroy the Bears. Let's be honest here. They'll win about... 37 to 10. We'll have to sit through the game for three and a half hours. Fields is returning. Great. Okay. And then uh, the Cardinals will go play the Rams, a feisty 
a Rams team that needs a win, knowing that the Packers will be not just tied with them for the number one seed, but if the Cardinals lost, it is the Packers that are the number one seed because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker with four games to play. So the stakes are high. Packers, of course, have to take care of business first. I see our fandom, um, a fork in a road there in our fandom. I am very excited about the Cardinals. You have a Packers fetish uh, that is raging not too far below the sure. surface. I like I like watch. See, the different like the Packers are what the Chiefs used to be, like a fun offensive attack playing for a, a, an old school franchise with a lot of history and then a historic quarterback. Like, I like that stuff. Like as a Jets fan, I don't get any of that stuff. So if I can find <laughs> it elsewhere, I'll take it, put it into my veins. And, and like Arizona, I think a very balanced team. And I find them much more likable because the defense isn't hanging them out to dry week to week. MVS, last couple of games, 19 targets. I mean, they're I trust them to take care of business. I don't even have to think about it. They're going to watch Chicago. I, I, I'm with you. And yet I was thinking, okay, they're going to come back from the bye. And it's like, we're gonna, when are we going to start getting this mythical Packers team with Bakhtiari and Alexander uh, at cornerback and then Zadarius Smith? It's like, not, they're still not back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still not practicing. Says he feels a lot better. That's good, but still not practicing. Randall Cobb actually has a new injury, and he is officially out for this game. Uh, not for that a he, while, it not that, like. Yeah, not that he's like... But he is a—he's not the biggest. It's very part on of that brand offer. for Aaron Rodgers, but when you look at like the receivers with the most red zone targets, there's some type of uh, uh, stat where he is with like five of the best receivers in the league, and then Randall Cobb. I wish I had the stat, but just to paint a picture that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> makes it a point to make yeah. sure Randall Cobb is involved well, he, in this that, offense. That's his, you know, executive of the year. <laughs> heat, Aaron Rodgers, but. But Cobb had a great game when he got before I got injured right. in that last I, last appearance. I uh, I believe in this running game though, and I the reason why I'm with Dan like I I love watching this team every week now is because of the Aaron Rodgers thing. He played his best two games of the season I thought by far in a row before that bye. So I want to see if that keeps going. I am happy that Allen Robinson is back, Justin Fields is back, and Akeem Hicks is back. Okay. We there's been so many of these Sunday night Bears Packers games, and none of them I feel like have been good. Give me a good one. And we were mid- in London when I don't. Was, I, was as much one. as I like the Packers, I want to see Justin Fields put thirty up on him just to have it. Be and fun. I get it. Like the Midwest deserves these like old school rivalries in a big spot. I just wish the Bears would play the well, part. Well, they could have flexed better. this. That's I think why yeah. the anno- there was an ability was, to do yeah. something. Better. It was for the. It's a good. It's a good ratings game. We love the Midwest. We love you guys. Great people. Polite. Very nice. Very nice. Um, a nice. Hey, lot of, I have a lot of family in Chicago. Do you? I didn't know I that. Interesting. My mom said. Um, before, because Greg, I know you got, you were itching a little bit there. What is the Rainmaker Lock of the Week this week? The Rainmaker? Yeah. Well, you can't just call for that, you know, if I'm not, you know, throwing it out there. So it's not official. Doesn't it look better when Greg is in no, the accountant glasses and tie? This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, what is it? What's the game you feel the uh, most confident yeah, about? Yeah, no, I was trying to look to see it, and it wasn't uh, popping... Off the top of my head. You know, Greg, I listen to these gambling <laughs> shows on Saturday on AM radio. They and those they're, guys, well, they're coming they with they some pretend. juice and some fire, they so you've got to have a little more. They you got to build confidence in the potential If gambling. I had, I would have thrown it out as a, a thing. There was I, a, there, there was I think a, it might be Cowboys. Like, what do I do with my money? I think oh, it might be. Me I think it uh, might be covering the Cowboys. Oh, Cat, Cowboys that's Cowboys. the Rainmaker lock of the week. No. I don't feel that strong. That's not good. That's not selling the brand. 
Greg, I do like, well. I mean, if that Jake Fromm game gets to uh, Sunday here, nine and a half, I don't think you could make that line big enough there, the Giants. Okay, there you go. There's another one. I think we need to, I think Cardinals. we're going to workshop this, and it would be good to end every Thursday show with the Rainmaker Lock of the Week. Right, catching yeah. you off guard might not have been the right. best. We way get a sponsor to go with for it. Game. You know, we see like the McAfee thing, like he just pulled that deal. If we can get the sponsorship, you know, DraftKings presents the Rainmaker Lock of the Week, like right. we're rolling in it. They'd give us $300, I'm certain. Um, all right. Like Adam Shine, by the way, I was listening to Sirius yesterday, uh, waiting for that to do that appearance thing. And uh, Adam Shine, they throw it to him, and it's like a nice 60-second nugget. I'm Adam Shine right, on but he sports, knew that was and I've been doing beforehand. this for 17 <laughs> years. I've been picking a lock, and it never goes wrong, and this week I'm banging, and he did like a college game, I think. Like, that's what we need. It's well, never yeah, gone wrong knew, in 17 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Greg, you, you were thing. caught off guard. I defend you on that because. Oh, plus, yeah, you know. ranking. Um, I don't know. I do, no, like, I, don't. I do like Mark's lock of the Cardinals, by the way, quite a bit, too. Good. Well, so does Mark. Did yeah, that though, come off as me being critical? I'm not. I'm just no. saying I smell a hit here. Right. And maybe next week, next Thursday. I mean, I, you, or you could look at it the other way, which is that rate the Rainmaker bit has been gone for a couple of years now. Basically, I'm making the choice each and every week to not do it. So that's a <laughs> conscious choice. <laughs> just, Erica just threw her hands up behind the glass. That's that's a tough sitch. I thought it was good, but all right. Greg decided it should be over. That's you, you love it. You love you doing do this it. Stuff. You do it when you feel it, when you feel it in your bones. <laughs> Welcome to life. Very right. complex. Here we go. <laughs> That is the week 14 slate uh, tonight, Thursday night, Steelers, Vikings, me and the quiet storm. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that one on Friday mornings. I always mm. try to listen to that uh, TNF recap on my drive in. So now I get really? both of you. Yeah. Me, serum? Okay. Mark Sessler. So not every week, but I, I, I do a lot of times. Me, Mark Sessler, Pete Yorn will be on the mic to talk Thursday night football recap. Steelers, Vikings. Get Get excited. You're, you're looking at me. I am mildly excited to be. I'll, it's kind of I'll a fun there. one. I, I suspect you guys are going to get a lot to talk about. That's my prediction. I like it. I'm in. All right, Ricky, let's go. <clears throat> really does look like an accountant. <laughs> Stupid. The Rainmaker bit is such a great way to close this Thursday show. Just think about it. Sure, but you could have done this off the air. Heed the call. <laughs> 